Hi friends! Welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm Taylor and I'm so happy you're choosing to spend some time with me and the friends I get to introduce you to along the way. I hope these conversations make you feel like we're all just driving in the car or enjoying a cup of coffee or even sharing a meal together. We'll cover the spectrum of life's questions and discuss topics that I'm hoping will impact your heart, challenge your thinking, and bring glory to God. Let's start asking questions. So, you know those two taboo topics that you aren't really supposed to talk about at parties, religion, and politics, right? Well, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that we have severely violated that don't talk about religion rule. And today we're doubling down on those taboo topics and giving you an overview of the second politics. <laughs> My friend Beth joins us today and she and I have a pretty fun story about how we met. And I hope that all you fellow cinnamon rolls out there listening, enjoy this episode because we definitely talk a lot about how we met our story and what politics has surprisingly meant to us and how it brought us together to be friends and meet a whole new community of mostly women. There are a few guys that are involved in, um, in this community as well, but it's mostly women. And so, yeah, I mean, if you don't know what a cinnamon roll is, not the actual food, but you know, like the kids say, if you know, you know, um, (laughs) I hope you learn a little bit more about real life politics and not just what you see on Fox or CNN. Beth also is going to take some time in this episode to share about her nonprofit. So you'll hear about that and the interaction that caused Beth to want to get involved in politics. So let's get to it. Did you buy that book? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what book? Good? Even ex- Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'll have to tell you about, there's an event that my church is doing with watching even XL. It'll be so great. So, okay. Um, so <laughs> as you can hear, I have a really special guest with me today. Um, I feel like all my guests are special. I feel like I say that every single week. They're like, I'm so excited for you to meet my guest today. <laughs> um, but I am this one. This is a really a fun one. Um, because it, it is sort of wild how we met. We had talked about this a little earlier. Yes. Um, and I guess not as much in like 2022, but for me, it's still weird. Um, so we met through Facebook, essentially. Yes. We met through the yes, internet, yeah. which is kind of crazy. So yeah. this is my friend Beth, and welcome to the show. Thank you I'm so much so, for having yes, me. Yes. So, so excited to be here. Oh, thanks. I'm so excited to have you. So she um has this is also like really exciting because you do not live on in the Seattle area anymore. You recently moved. I did to the east side. Yeah. So my cousin got a, a job and it just was kind of a natural. We've been always wanting to move over to the Spokane area. And so, yeah, that's just. It just worked. It worked. God's we wanted a, a little hobby farm. And so we got the chance to do that. How did I not know you have a hobby farm? That's so cute. It's I did not the, know that. Yeah, it's in the works. We just started. We have chickens. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's going to be the best, having chickens. A lot of a lot of work, but but fun. That's so good. I was and a little apprehensive in the beginning of yeah. like, oh, I have to take care of another something, you yeah. know, of like <laughs> yes. splitting my responsibility and time and things like that. But I catch myself like getting excited to go like 
hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go hang Have out you, with my chickens. Jennifer Garner <laughs> is a great follow for her, like, chicken, like, Hennifer Aniston, or, like, Hen- <laughs> like she's she's named all of her chickens, like, I love it. different chicken-related names, and I just... <laughs> I mean, they become pets. They become like a part of the family. So yeah, that's so great. Okay. So that is not, surprisingly, that is not why she is here today. No. Um, <laughs> um, but we met through um, a Facebook group um, called the Cute Servatives and yeah. specifically Washington Cute Servatives, yes. I think. So shout out to our girls. I don't yeah. know. Some of them are, some of them listen. Um, and yeah, we have just... It's kind of crazy. I know I heard about the show. I'm, I heard about Alex Clark through Allie Beth Stuckey's podcast. And yeah. we just looked it up before the show in February of 2020. So like literally before the world kind of shut down. Right. I, God literally <laughs> led me to this group of, yeah. it's, um, the, the, it's based off of a show called Poplitics through Turning Point USA. So it's a conservative like pop culture show and the slogan is pop culture without the propaganda. Yeah. And the people who are the followers quote unquote are cute conservatives because it's a conservative based show and organization. So we met through there and there's a, um, the cool thing about the cute conservative, there's the main group and then there's all these subgroups and there happened to be a Washington one, which was such a gift during that time for for me uh and i know uh, we both have i think all the gals in the group can say it was such a it's been so life-giving and it yes. was something that we all needed yes so Crazy. it was a very distinct and very specific group that i i think it changed my life for the better to mm-hmm. be honest because of just the support especially during the time that we were in. And I think it was, it was so life-giving because um, I was able to just, it was like we were meeting people, but at the same time, it was like I knew them for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And it was just a very genuine down to earth dynamic that was just all of a sudden created mm-hmm. um, think- all through COVID, yes. which, which is very <laughs> interesting to say the least. But I mean, sorry. Yeah, I feel like it kind of was when the whole Facebook group thing kind of started or maybe just kind of when it was first establishing. But basically, we did meet online mm-hmm. and and then we did start a Facebook group. And with the Facebook group, we decided during COVID to have meetups. Meet yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I haven't been able to make everyone. And for a while, we yeah. were pretty consistent. I think the first one was honestly like like April or May May or June was like a boat or and I had to miss the first one yeah one of the first ones I missed that one on Washington but yes yeah so we were pretty consistent it was once a month that we were doing meetups Mm -hmm. and we were very consistent and I think it was just because our lives were turned upside down and our priorities Mm -hmm. changed and you know everything changed and so we had access to this group Mm -hmm. and it, it was just so awesome that we were able to do that and Mm -hmm. yeah I'm so glad I got to meet you because Mm -hmm. I really appreciate just your perspective and I appreciate just your you know your conscientiousness and the and the fact of like you want to do the right thing and Mm -hmm. all all glory to um in God and how Mm -hmm. just I I don't think you realize this but your faith in God is just the evidence that Mm -hmm. I see in your life has really encouraged me in my life and of Mm -hmm. like 
you know, what I see in your life is like, okay, there's things in my life that I recognize and that, you know, there's certain things that I want to be better. And it's Mm -hmm. like when you get next to the right group of people, you know, and how they unintentionally support you in in those good, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm so grateful for this group for that reason, because it was like, these are very smart. um, Yes amazing just like powerful you know I want to say powerful because they just their spirit and I don't know they're just so genuine and I just really appreciate that yeah I I agree I most of my friends as I think a lot if if you've listened to the show for any time most of my friends are stay-at-home moms but so going through COVID going through you know working from home having um the Black Lives Matter stuff happening, po- political talk at work. I mean, granted, the place I worked, political talk was somewhat commonplace, but and in, in a respectful way. But during that season, there was so much divide. And we are in, um, well, Beth lived in a suburb of Seattle, and so do I. And so we, I mean, Seattle was and still is totally overrun and it's sad to see what's happened to the city it's really tragic but it has it is it has sincerely been this is gonna sound hyperbolic but it very much in my mind is kind of a has been a dangerous place for conservatives it has it has very much been uh you don't know what you can say to like give that like okay I, i i see this you know, you think the same way I do. And I don't have to feel like I'm just going to be attacked for having a different idea. There is a level of respect. There's a level of like humanity in a person for having civility. Yes. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) truly, truly. Yeah. And so to have, to find this group of women who, I mean, we have women in all different fields Mm -hmm. who all have totally, different career paths and life stages and experiences and yes, absolutely. And so it's just this mod podge of, of women who truly was such a godsend. I, I very, very much have felt um, educated and empowered and learned so much because everybody, like we have someone in, in the medical field in marketing and law you are now in politics and have been like politics adjacent, but it's like, (laughs) which is mostly why I have Beth here, not mostly, but a big reason why I do have Beth here today. And so we just have people in all these different fields or all these, these women in particular. And so I, it's just been such a gift. And so huge thank you to Alex Clark, if she ever hears this for (laughs) creating cute servatives and allowing you know, this little community, this little sub community on in Washington for those of us who, um, although this is a blue state, typically, (laughs) typically tend to vote red. And um, it's just been great. So that is essentially how Beth and I met. And that was two years ago. That yeah. was over oh two gosh, years two ago. Years. It's, <gasps> it's like our two year anniversary, all the gals. April. April. Yes. This oh last month. Oh my word. Like real, real time revelation. Yes. That's so exciting. 
Oh We're gonna have to text the gals after this because I don't think any of us realized. <laughs> Happy two-year anniversary. Been, <laughs> we've just been talking about Roe v. Wade and like how ridiculous people have been this week. It's been the, the text chain yes. has been hot. Bl- it's been hot. It's been blowing up with all sorts of crazy, crazy things. Yeah. Um, but just so thankful for for the gals. So we'll definitely have to tell them to tune into this episode. And, yes. And I also I'm so mad that did you go to the, you did to the wine weekend last summer that yeah. I had to miss because I got the Coco Row. Yeah. <laughs> like the week we were leaving, I, I had, I got COVID and oh, it was so... the saddest thing. And we were going to record an episode mm-hmm. on that trip. Oh, and so yeah. I know we're going to have to figure out a way to, to get to do that. Cause that will be, like, that will be a fun so- episode. Ho- hopefully soon, because I feel like we're all kind of, our paths Dispersing. are changing. Yes. Yeah, just kind of life is happening and we're all kind of moving on into different parts of our lives, you know? And so know. it's just like we have to do like one last hurrah or something. We're going to have to meet up at YWLS is going to have to be the place. I mean, I'm about yeah. to age out of that, but I can still go. But do some sort of meetup. Something. Somewhere. We're gonna have I to mean, a lot of happen. people, they meet up for what? Family reunions and things. And, mm, same you know, thing. Fam- family's same. all over. I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're basically family, so it's same, fine. Same thing. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So I think one of the biggest things that came out of COVID was just this whole social social justice idea hmm. that I was kind of playing around with. And so with the group, um, the women's group that we were meeting up, it was so nice to be like, hey, I've had these ideas what do you guys think about this? Yeah. Um, it was one of the things that I, especially with the George Floyd protests and things like that, mm-hmm. it was so tough and just mm-hmm. of like, how do I actually really feel about this? And mm-hmm. how do I think about this? And, you know, we were all just trying to kind of get, gain some kind of perspective or insight or just trying to make sense of everything. Yeah. And because um, we can't all see every resource and article and podcast and news. Right. So, I mean, I think the collective resources of every woman who was, Out you know, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's just such an intelligent group of women. Yes. Um, uh, it's mind boggling. I, I, and I just so thankful it's, it was truly one of the greatest, one of the greatest things, definitely friends that I think we will have for a very, very long time. It's such a big, it's been such a big value. I think just as a Christian of mm-hmm. like, cause there were some other Christians there, not just, we all kind of agreed on politics, but Inevitably, we all kind of ended up being Christian. There are mm-hmm. a lot of Christians within the group. And they're know? different different denominations, different beliefs. Everyone stacks hands on the Bible. It's all the open-handed stuff that I right. think there are some disagreements on, which is fine. And there are which, some that aren't Christians, which is all the more interesting to me. And yeah. like adds just adds to the value that like conservatism and conservative values as far as the country goes, as far as politics goes, is yeah. not necessarily a religious. I think our country was built on religious beliefs and yeah. a religious structure in a way, but I don't, I think even what James Lindsay talks about how 
Christianity and like the nuclear family is the kind of the cornerstone of a society of a functioning, healthy society. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. And he is an atheist. So yeah, he's a sociologist. I'm pretty sure he's a sociologist. Yes. But he is not religious by any means. Right. He has an incredible episode with Ali Bestucky actually where they talk about religion. It's so, she was just like, I was not expecting this. This is crazy. (laughs) It's a really good episode. Interesting. I'll have to. Uh, But yeah, you, you um, had mentioned before that it was um, kind of a tough season for you. Very tough. Friendship wise. Yeah. During all the, all the craziness of two summers ago. It's weird. It's, it's like another era. It really is a different era. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I guess to talk a little bit more about that is I was kind of coming out of an interesting phase in my life because I was, I was going through school. And so I had a wide range of friend groups. Um, I am such a people person that I, I like to be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was devastating in that sense of like all of the friends that I had that I thought I could trust mm. and friends that I thought that would be there or somehow had some kind of support and connection and, you know, thought, thought that there was a relationship there or something, something you know, deeper, at something least. Deep, deeper than just like, Hey, how's your week been? You know, that type mm. of thing something deeper than just that. And it was actually pretty devastating for me because of just that. I, it just kind of sideswiped me because I thought I was in one part and it just, it, there's some grief and loss there because it was like a betrayal in a way of Mm. like these people that I thought I knew, I don't Mm. know. Mm. And things that I thought that we could go so deep and, and really get to know each other. It was not what I thought it was. Mm. And I was so taken aback and so shocked and so just devastated because it was like these people that I thought I could trust. I can no longer trust. I think that so so, there's so many people that will have had that same experience for sure. I think I, I, think I was one of the few that was spared that at least for my Christian friends. Yeah. Most of my Christian friends agree with me. I had very few intense losses, but it was more than non-Christian friends that I had that it was where we parted ways. Um, or not even parted ways, but there's just distance. Thankfully there's no, but Real. that would be, yeah, there's no, like, there hasn't been any meanness Song or out. bullying or yeah. anything. It's just been, like, distance, which is the maybe preferable, but also maybe a good opportunity for evangelism. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. um, I I think it is, that, that had to have been really devastating. And I think, I, I mean, just, that was a part of what made the conservative group really I think that has bonded cute conservatives all over the country is because your story was so similar that of, Hey, my best friend since kindergarten, all of a sudden says I'm this, this, and this because of who I voted for or, and it's, and, and how a singular vote can throw away a lifetime of a relationship and of a friendship without a, without a conversation. It seemed like, I mean, it, it just, It's nonsensical. Yeah. It's truly nonsensical. And it does beg the question of, well, were our relationships actually as maybe they weren't as deep as I thought. If it, if something like this 
without consideration or a conversation with me about these things would just cause a person or a friend to cancel me, to cut ties, to, you know, when remove it, me from their life. The weird thing about it was that it was like, you posted this on social media. And that was kind of when people really figured out like social media is super toxic. Well, I mean, Ooh, yeah. we all kind of knew it. We all understood it was super toxic. But mm-hmm. I think we all saw the real toxicity of it during mm-hmm. the COVID time, because that's kind of like what we were all doing, really, mm-hmm. like trying to kind of figure out and make sense of everything. And so, um. Yeah, you know, it was like, okay, I need to mute this person or whatever. Do I actually want to be friends with this person on social media? Or like, how do I, you know, and then people really saw the value of like, no, I actually need to have a conversation. Yeah. But it was like, I would go deep into conversations with some of these people on social media. Um, You know, I reach out to people of like, hey, can I ask you a question? And and I tried to be as like, trying to ask questions very inquisitive, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like you never know where someone's coming from mm-hmm. or they might have a point of view that you just don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's just like, hey, I want to learn more about what you posted. Can you tell me more or whatever? And just somehow it just became very toxic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it was really rough. The divide that was there became greater the chasm became greater over the last two years so it's been kind of crazy but with i mean so with all that darkness and sadness yeah there there has been some light it's been and it's really insane like to say like i met you on the internet is so bizarre to me and something that I mean, you hear terror stories about right. people meeting on the internet. Taylor, or, I'm glad you're not a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Don't that worry, I'm I, not a crazy person. You're not cyber-stalking me and Gosh. watching me no. through my window. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Who has time for that? <laughs> definitely not. Um, but, so through all the last two years, you got a different job. And that is primarily... Um, what I want to move to kind of talking about. Yeah. So you currently work for or work with the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. But what did you do over here that led you to that job? Yeah. So it's kind of ironic because my background is actually in human services or social work. Mm -hmm. So way back a long time ago, I really wanted to be some kind of social worker, psychologist, service provider. Mm -hmm. Um. And we can, I don't know if I should kind of go into the story now or if I should go into it later, but basically a brief overview is that I, um, through my work in social work, I noticed how policy was affecting the clients that I was working with. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was like, I want to learn more about policy. Why is it affecting my clients so drastically and Mm -hmm. dramatically? Yeah affecting their livelihoods, affecting how they get access to whatever, um, whatever their needs were, you know, that type of thing, just trying to get, you know, foundational support, um, by whatever means that they were trying to go through. But anyway, um, yeah, it affected the clients that I was working with and I wanted to see more. So therefore I took, um, an internship working with the state legislature. And Mm. so I was working out of, a specific senator's office. Um, I cannot say names, obviously. Yeah. For, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't do that. Don't get anyone <laughs> no. in trouble. No, 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 for no. For no. sure. Um, but, I mean, and th- this might be a good time to say, like, 
everything that I'm going to say here is directly my thoughts and perspectives and is no reflection on any organization or association or anything that I'm associated with on a professional level. So just throwing that disclaimer out. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All the disclaimers for sure. Um, It's very important to put that out just in case because, um, yeah, so just throwing that out there. But anyway, yeah, so I was working in the state legislature and that really opened my eyes to how government works and just kind of the effects of policy and how it affects everyone's day-to-day life. Mm. Um, and then with that being said, the ex- that experience kind of opens up other avenues and opportunities is very much a foot in the door. And mm. it was something I had no idea, you know, like I did not yeah. see myself working in government. Like it was fascinating to me, like politics was, you know, fascinating, but just on a, just on a, in an intellectual way, it mm-hmm. wasn't anything that I was like I wasn't like a law nerd or poli sci nerd or whatever. Like that was not something that was super exciting to me until yeah. I saw the effects. And I was like, this is unfair. This is not cool. Hmm. Let me figure that out. Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of what brought me into it. And and now I'm kind of, I wouldn't say stuck, but it's it's hooked me. Like okay. It's, it's not going to yeah. let go. Like <laughs> it just kind of opened up something with, within myself that I'm like, no, I really need to pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, That's so, okay. My first question is since you were saying that you weren't really like a huge government poli-sci nerd, obviously I think of Leslie Nope from Parks and Recs who loves government. Yeah. um, Is working for the chamber of, with the chamber of commerce, like Parks and Rec. (laughs) I mean, I I would ask the same question of a nurse. Is it like Grey's Anatomy? But is it like, is it somewhat like Parks and Rec? Or is it like, obviously that's an exaggerated show. However, what (laughs) truth is there? Let me know. Well, yes, there is some truth. Like it is there. If anybody knows anything about government as it's not, linear it's mm-hmm. not linear it's not straight it's not there's a lot of nuances nuances if thens but what about you know all of that okay. and so it's like, yeah it's kind of crazy yeah because it's like it's not something that you would think that would go and it i don't know but somehow it works i have a ron swanson in my office oh my gosh he's very monotone and very deadpan and just very sarcastic is he a libertarian does he keep his money in gold? <laughs> Does he do woodworking? The people want to know. Okay. He, um, he's very libertarian. Really? Uh-huh. That is so hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Does he have a mustache? No, but no, okay, he, could grow, he could grow one. He, <laughs> he's, he's from Portland. Okay. Oh, so okay. So he's very much – okay, so it's very ironic because he has, I think – Technically, he grew up in the eastern Washington area, but he lived in Oregon for a really long time. But he very much has kind of this, like, flannel, tucked, button-up, sweater vest <laughs> type of just like the, attire. Just like the Pacific Northwest embodied is yes, what you're saying. He totally. is a, okay. Yes. And I, he's a stereotype. Very, he's he's very hipster. Okay. Hip, like post hipster. Okay. Well, Spokane hipster. I've been to yeah, Spokane. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. are still very hipster over there. Very Spokane I get you. Yes. Yeah. I get, that's a thing, guys. If you don't know, it's true. I said it. She affirmed. It's a thing. 
Um, okay, that's that's so exciting, and it yes. may. I'm currently kind of rewatching Parks and Rec, and yeah. so I just have it on the brain. Yeah. Um, is is being involved in politics, even to the like like outside degree that you are, yeah, as scary as you thought it was going to be, or worse, maybe. <laughs> Like, is it, it like, is, is government and politics as messed up as people think it is? I think so. Politicians, they're as corrupt as people think they are, as the reputation. That's tough. That's a Mm. tough, that's like a very big, like, Pandora's box to get into. It's like, the irony is that everyone's very well-meaning and, like, Mm. Like, working in the legislature, it was, like, everyone kind of has their own values and things to be. That they're trying to push. Right. That they're trying to pass law for. Exactly. Okay. But okay. then, at the same time, just like we see everyday people, it, it was very it was very weird. Um, because what you would see on the floor was not who you were working with. What you were working with on, the like, a The floor is what? Sorry. When you're on the floor, that means that you're in the chamber. So you're in the um, deba- you're in debates okay. or you're in proceedings with other whatever. politicians, legislators. Yes, they're and you're debating for to get your piece of legislation Basically, pushed through. Yeah, to, when to I a say, vote. Yeah, when I say the floor, I just mean kind of the process that is the legislature because it's very much. It is very. Um, There's a lot of steps. It's very just step one, step two, step three. Yeah. Okay. It's very much. So when I say the floor, I just mean like the process that okay. is happening within the state legislature. Okay. Sorry. No, um, that's okay. I just want to yeah. make sure we're, we're defining terms because I it's do not know important. a lot and yeah. I want everybody to have as clear of an idea of what, what we're talking about. Yes, okay. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, okay, go ahead. So what you see, and it's kind of like watching um, C-SPAN or any of those, like. Is um, it? Yeah. So okay. if you're on, if you're in um, Was- the state of Washington, TVW is how you can kind of tune in and watch committee meetings and kind of the proceedings that happen during debates and things like that. So, um, yeah, please tune in. Please watch. Please be informed. It's very important. And. Yeah. The nice thing during session is that there's committee meetings and things that go on all day long. Like this was my job was to watch proceedings from 8 a.m. to sometimes they ended at 5 p.m. But debates would go till 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning during session. Oh, my gosh. an all day thing. So granted, I wasn't responsible for watching all of it. I, But then sometimes it would get fascinating and get heated and it would get crazy. 2, 2 a.m.? Like, that's crazy to just sit and be a part of these things from time to time, I'm sure. Like yeah. you said, you weren't a part of everything, but no, well, getting I mean, to see how things become, go through the process of becoming law. Yeah. Well, it was it was super fascinating when things would um, get, very, get pretty heated because basically things are pretty procedural and you have to follow procedure and you have to follow the system. But Sometimes, and I think this is all strategy, but people use the system and use the procedures against you. Mm. Um, And that happens a lot within the legislature of like, you know, kind of like in a court where it's just um, you're not following the rules of um, engagement, 
basically. Okay. And so therefore you're being disqualified. Well, that disqualification could have been, you know, some kind of testimony or someone's like, there's so much at stake mm-hmm. within those few moments that you have that mm-hmm. it could mean you could change someone's mind, which is very drastic to say. Yeah. But with the legislature, um, so there's this term, it's called a biennium. The legislature is based on a biennium period. So a biennium is a two-year period. So within the two-year period, that means that bills can start in one year, and then they take up to two years to go through the legislature. Okay. Um, and that's same with our state budget. Our state budget is based on a biennium. So, okay. um, so you have your initial beginning year, and that's where a budget is proposed. And then every um, alternative year, um, you get a supplemental budget. So that's the the adjustment the adjustment of the budget that goes within that biennium fiscal year. Okay, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so every so, year you have a a biennium budget, and then you have another budget, a supplemental budget in yeah. the year in between, a right. supplemental budget. Okay. Yep. So that that all the policy so. So I'm saying budget, but it's all based on how bills work and how they're created is that a bill can start in, let's say, 2020. So, for example, there's bills that started in 2021 Mm -hmm. that only made it through part of the process in 2021, but then they kind of pick up by law. They have to pick up where they kind of where they left off in a sense, like there's some procedures and laws and things, but in a sense, they kind of pick up where they left off and then they get brought back, get picked up again where they left off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and so that's all based on a two year process. And so we're going into a new year for 2023. So all the bills that did not get um, finished or anything in the lot, the last two years, have to kind of be rewritten and kind of start all over. Okay. And who do you have to be anybody of political stature to create a bill? No. no. So people think that you have to be this political law lawyer. Like, yeah. Or poly, knows, a degree in poli science, political science, right. or have been a part of a ch- city chamber of commerce or PTA or something. Something. Some credential, but you don't have to. You don't necessarily have to have credentials to be anybody to write a law. If you have an idea about something, mm-hmm. then call your electeds. Tell yeah. your electeds, hey, I have this idea. Yeah. You know, hopefully you have an elected official that will hear you out or read your email mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you want to do your point of contact but basically, they'll take that into consideration and, and say, hey, this could be something really great. Um, therefore, let's do something about it. And that will get you plugged in. Yeah. Um, That's so awesome. anybody can write a bill. Basically, any idea that you have that you think that could be great for the legislature, if mm-hmm. there's something as, you know, whomever you are. Yep. Um, you can you can make change. You, you can, can make, make policy. Yes. You can... So that is, that's encouraging to me. Right. I mean, I, there's definitely a connotation with politics that you have to be somebody, but if nothing, I mean, we've seen the last 
six years of just pretty average people running for offices and being elected. I mean, hello, let's be honest. Like Donald Trump was our president. You know, he has, he's a business person. He had no, he was not a politician before, you know, he's ran, he ran or considered running before, but um, he was not a politician and was elected. So you just have to have, People just have to believe in you. Yeah. That's different with obviously legislation, right. getting a bill passed, but anybody can do it. Well, so, I mean, that's a nice thing about American government and hopefully we can stay that way with the yeah. constitutional republic. But basically, like you just have to have a certain age requirement and you don't have to have, you don't have to be in government to work in government. You can have your experience and expertise wherever. And, yeah, you know, hopefully we we can welcome that, you know, or we should welcome that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Like be that veteran, be whomever that you think that you want to be to get it. Cause we need that wide range of perspectives rather than people that have just been continually uh, voted into office right. year after year. Right. Name recognition, whatever. Yes. That happens a lot with voting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let that be an encouragement to everybody listening. Like you, you can make change. So there are probably a lot of Christians. I mean, there, I feel like I have a pretty predominantly Christian audience, but, um, even just people in general who may be thinking, well, I'm only one person. What my vote doesn't matter. Um, you know, I have, Honestly, not until 2016 did I really start taking politics more seriously. I voted every year, but mostly, I mean, and I say, I I shouldn't even say every year. I voted every four years. I, you know, I voted for presidential elections because I thought that that was the big thing. Right. But since 2016, it has come to my attention (laughs) more so that it is actually local elections that are the most important and the most impactful on our day-to-day lives. So what would you say to the person who thinks that their vote doesn't matter or that voting in general doesn't matter? So for one, on a local level, voting means a huge, huge matter because people win by small margins. Okay. So, um, where I am, people have won by 24 votes. My gosh. So imagine how close of a race that is. And if you don't go and vote, you know, that means that that person could be winning and you just don't know it because that's insane. 24 votes and like legit, that's, that's a margin enough to secure an election. Right. And that's a significant, margin to think what policy comes out of that on a local level of like taxes, property taxes or schools. Oh my gosh. How many people complain about parking costs and street parking and blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or construction that's happening in your roads or all that stuff is affected. Yeah, exactly. Like if you hate parking, hate traffic and all these things, like that's just one thing that's really important because whoever gets in office you know, votes yes or no. And yeah. that's crazy to think about, but those things affect your daily life all the time. Yeah. So, um, do you know of a good resource that we could point people to, um, or, or like a website off the top of your head, if you have it for like how they can figure out who their local 
like yeah, senators so, or yeah. representatives so if you are. Work, or if you live in the Washington area, if you go to leg.wa.gov. Leg. Leg. L E G dot W A dot G O V. Okay. If you go to that website, you can click um, find my district. There's a tab on the left hand side that will say find my district. And all you do is type in your address. It will tell you what district you live in, all sorts of things, who your members are, how to contact your members. That's Great. a very important thing. Yeah. So if you want to get more involved, um, one of the things that is the biggest thing that I tell people and people don't understand is that having your personal testimony of whatever bill is going on during the legislature process is very important, mm. especially if you own a business or um, you have something that's impacted by government directly. Mm. Um, it's very important to get your um, testimony or um, your story out because mm. Working in government, you have your lobbyists, so the people that speak for the government, um, you know, and they make so much money being a lobbyist, things like wow. that. Um, so if you're a lot, there's lobbyists, there's people that work in government that are there all the time. Um, and so it's almost kind of a ho-hum day-to-day, like, okay, obviously they're going to be saying this, and okay, I need to consider this. Mm-hmm. But what really changes the members opinions is those personal stories and personal testimonies Mm. that kind of pull at their heartstrings that um is very important during this process because there are things they don't really know one of the biggest things that i want to tell people that i want to get across is this policy 101 perspective of Mm -hmm. like there's always unintended consequences to every law Mm. every ordinance everything that goes on People don't under, or the members sometimes don't understand that whatever is going to be taking place, they don't understand sometimes how it affects people to their day to day lives. And so, unless you don't say something, they're mm-hmm. not going to know. Because mm-hmm. um, they, they are just, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they could be just normal kind of people exactly. who happen to have a government job. Right. Exactly. So they are not experts in every field, right? Exactly. They're going to put a tax on, you know, farming and they're not farmers they live in a city so they have no idea or understand the process that it takes to do a farm to table business but yet they're gonna they have voting power exactly so if you are a farmer or you are a farm to table business or you have chickens yes and you like your personal testimony is this is what you're saying matters your voice actually does matter when it comes to voting completely 100 it matters those messages are so 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 important in the lawmaking process that people don't understand they think you're i'm just a drop in the bucket Mm -hmm. who am i yeah but those messages of like this is screwing up my life right now and i'm having to jump through all of these hoops because Mm. of whatever policy that you thought would be well meet well meaning yeah it's actually not and it's um it could be you know, affecting me in so many negative ways that they just don't realize. And so it's very important to tell people that. So that, that brings me to, I love this quote from Ali Stuckey that she coined within the last couple of years that politics matter because policy matters because people matter. And I think you did such a great job of laying out the truth in that statement of like, 
people matter. Like the politics, the politicians that we vote for matter because they are the policymakers and we, the people are affected affected by that. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's so great to know. And I'm really hoping that people are encouraged by what you are sharing and what you're saying and letting, I mean, from it, an inside voice, essentially like someone on the inside that it actually does matter that, um, what, what people have to say and what, you know, the, the commoners, (laughs) the peasants, peasants, (laughs) what, what we have to say actually, um, can, can change policy, can change politics. So, so there's two different ways that people can get involved. Um, there's the, there's the actual proceeding of government is one avenue that people can get involved. So that's working directly with your elected officials, working out of some kind of office. Okay. You know, it could be volunteering, like doing, well, making calls or. Well, so that's, that's another part, okay. part actually, but um, working specifically within government and kind of working on the procedures and proceedings of things. That's okay. one avenue. But then another avenue where you can kind of get on the activism or community organizing, mm-hmm. um, they both work hand in hand, but activism and community engagement is one avenue. And then the actual proceedings is another avenue. So people can get involved. So if you want to kind of, it's kind of, people don't really like this job, but obviously you can become a precinct committee officer. So that's called the acronyms PCO, obviously. So you can become a PCO for your district. Mm -hmm. And what that means is you're basically door knocking and telling people about, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. this is what's going on. This event is happening. Come to this town hall, come to this event. Um, Mm -hmm. You're basically the one that tells people about who's going to be in your town and what elected Mm -hmm. officials or who's actually going to be running for office. Mm. Um, so you can become a precinct committee officer and it's basically just signing up with your local county, um, through your local county auditor's office and let them know, Hey, I want to do this. It is obviously it's a volunteer job. Mm -hmm. So it's usually the people who are pretty passionate that want to get involved to do that. Um, but I mean, even if people with mild passion, just for being a citizen, the more people that got involved, the, the, like many hands make light work, right. right? It wouldn't be so overwhelming of a volunteer position if, right. if more people were involved. So to be honest, it was a door knocker that came to my house and I answered the door, ironically, that told me about the sex ed bill that was going through mm. during COVID. And I had no idea because my daughter was only, my daughter was four. And so she was about to go into kindergarten. Mm. And because of that bill and because of that door knocker, wow. it completely changed my perspective on sending my kid to school, public school. to public school. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that do- door knocker who was a PCO from my neighborhood or in my area, wow. I wouldn't have known about the sex ed bill during COVID. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. So, I mean, literally every single volunteer position or role in that way really can have an impact. Mm -hmm. So that's encouraging. I, I hope that again, like I hope people are truly encouraged to hear that because it, it does seem like people cannot have, people do not really have an effect on it. But as we can see, I think part of like 
my personal opinion is I think part of the reason that Joe Biden won the 2020 election was every Democrat and progressive that I knew was out there getting people to vote. I knew I, I, they did a way, I mean, you can email me if you want, but (laughs) I, the, the liberals and the progressives and the Democrats in this area and, and throughout the whole country. I mean, even with Stacey in Georgia, Georgia with Stacey Abrams, I think is where she's like the whole country, they were out getting people registered to vote and Republicans and conservatives were just kicking back for the most part. I mean, obviously there are plenty of conservative organizations that were doing their best, but I'm telling you, I have never seen, I, I was, that to me was such a big indicator of, wow. I mean, they got, I mean, whether or not you want to talk, you know, did Joe really win is a totally different, like fun conspiracy theory. I'm looking forward to seeing 2000 mules by Dinesh D'Souza. If the you've ever premiere is on tonight. Like my parents is are it? literally watching. Oh it my right gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is uh, called Two Thousand Mules. It is about the twenty twenty election. So maybe we'll put a link in the show notes to that, and you can just <laughs> we're just going to leave that a mystery. But um, it was it was amazing to see that there is power in numbers, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, duh. So, but, and that's my groups, like our group that we had was so important, you know, on, on my personal level, because it was like, Hey, this is actually very affirming. And it's like, I'm not crazy to think what I actually thought and my ideas, mm-hmm. you know, I have someone else mm-hmm. who might think the same that I do. Yeah. And I'm so excited that I don't think that I'm crazy because what I see on MSM or, or what I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, so it was like, sure. no, that's actually a really interesting perception perspective and I'm so glad you said that because I had questions and now it's exciting to hear that you have questions too. Yes. And we want to get to the bottom of something and that hey, I actually think that you we think the same way and it's exciting that we kind of came together on that and like we connected on that. So Yeah, and we can continue to stay informed and understand different perspectives but all yes, under the like like you said, I the civility, mm-hmm. which should be just basic for human exchange, um, is not right. always there. No. Not everybody has had that <laughs> that level of being treated like a, a human. So, um, so kind of shifting gears a little. Another thing that I wanted to bring up was so you moved to Spokane, the right. Spokane area, yeah. and you also moved to be able to start up a nonprofit. Yes. So can you share with us about your nonprofit? I think it's an especially interesting and needed uh, type of organization and program that's out there. So would you share about that with us? Yeah. So I'm super excited because I am going through the, um, the beginning process, we'll just say for, starting a nonprofit that is a mentorship and job training program for foster students that are about to um, age out of the system. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's very interesting, especially in foster care, because there's a lot of support while you're in foster care. But then once you age out of foster care, Mm -hmm. all of those services, all that support, all those people that you think you could depend on are Mm. just all of a sudden gone. And so it's, 
there's mm. more programs, but there's not enough um, yeah. of support for that in-between transitional. Like, I remember when I was 18, oh my goodness, I don't think, I mean, I thought I knew everything. And mm. I obviously, like, even just me as hoping to be a well-adjusted adult, you know, coming mm-hmm. from wherever, like some kind of support system yeah. and having not like a more insecure support system. I can only imagine what that's like trying to figure it out, you know? So, um, it's definitely a hard season to establish adulthood. And I can't imagine with the trauma of uh, the different levels of trauma from coming out of the foster system. So yeah, it's, um, so cool. It's something that's kind of come out of my own heart. Um, and something that I really see as like a vulnerable population, um, because I was working one of my first jobs in school during school or right after was, um, I was working with an organization that was working with women coming out of sex trafficking and prostitution. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was, Tough to see, um, obviously, um, just kind of the harm that was going on and just how vulnerable they are. And a lot of them started doing um, sex acts and things like that, you know, when they're 13, 14, Mm -hmm. 15 years old. I think the national average is about 14 or 15 um, and mm-hmm. our state of Washington is right around that. The average for entering into prostitution and sex trafficking is 15. Um, we have a big, doesn't Washington have like a huge ring of. Uh, yeah. The, and I think it's just because Washington is such a big port city yeah. and it's, it's a good, uh, a good spot to tr- transfer things all throughout the country. But mm-hmm. You know, there's a a, um, a West Coast loop per se, yes. and um, I've heard I've heard that the not to say that it's a conspiracy theory, but like yeah, a West Coast loop that's like I mean yeah I mean there's some that go through the Midwest and things like that, and it's just because we're on that I five I ninety interchange, yeah. and um, it's just a hub. Basically, yeah. and so therefore, with being so central or logistically easily located, it's yeah, it's so scary. It's, That's so sad. It's so sad, and so um, so with that being said, I noticed um, the pimps and things would see the women in foster in foster care as vulnerable. Oh, like some of the okay. pimps and things would hang out around what they knew as group homes and things like that. Like they preyed on foster students and foster kids because they knew that they were vulnerable vulnerable. and had nothing else. Right. They didn't have a family. And so that's kind of how they hooked them was I can be your family. Okay. So your organization is wanting to counteract that and say, we can be your family. We can help set you up for success to be a, functioning member of society and have independence and be responsible and Mm -hmm. have ownership of things. And man, that's, that is really, really incredible. Does it, does your organization have a name or a website or anything that we can direct people to (laughs) yet? Um, Is that in waiting? It is in waiting. I am working on a website right now. Um, But 
It's called Watermark Youth Training Services. I do have an Instagram, and that's about it because I had to do it for school. But <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, we'll share it. We'll share it in the, yeah. the show notes so people can but yeah, so, see your efforts and support your efforts. Yeah. So basically, um, it's it's a way to get kids plugged in whatever their um, access level is. So we have just kind of a simple get to know you come hang out, you know, on a Wednesday night or Thursday night or something. Mm. And, and it kind of goes through, there's different levels that kids can kind of enter in and, and hopefully we'll send, set them up for a mentor for life. Um, just as that like go-to person to say, Hey, I have questions. What do I do? Um, yeah. I had a bad day at work. I don't know how to handle it. Who yeah. do I talk to? So hopefully that mentor will be that person that's there to say, Hey, how can I help you? What do you need? You know, do you have questions? Whatever. We really want to set those mentors up for life because they might age out of a program, but they don't age out of a mentor. Um, mm. because we, I Everybody needs mentors, though. Right, exactly. Even if you don't come from the foster system, everybody right. needs a mentor. In their I was life. just gonna say that yeah. unofficially, like we all have people in our lives that we look up to. You yeah. know, we all have those influences in our lives totally. that have kind of helped us make good decisions, and yeah. and so it's it's only natural to have that support system. So I, it's it's been a long process, and I've got a lot of other things going on right now, but I would, this is something that's out of my own heart and I'm really excited and just, I want to bring that support. And there's a lot of people out there that, um, like it, it's so great because there's someone that I've been talking to that works within the foster care system or, um, with foster youth will say, and, um, she's come out of, being a foster kid herself mm. and she's just really excited. She wants to be a part of the program and um, coming out of it. She just is so excited that it would be, she just is like, I'm so excited. This will be a great resource. Yeah. So hopefully we can get I love it. up and running soon and we'll see. I mean, I funding it. and all yeah. those things. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think it's incredible. And part of, part of what my job does now is a similar thing with people with disabilities. We have yeah. a school to work program. And yeah. so we, you know, help people in their senior year get into understanding of, of how to do school to work. Essentially it is exactly what it says it is, but it's just for people with disabilities rather than out of the foster system. And it's so needed, you know, mm -hmm. it's such a needed thing in culture. So I, I love it. So, okay. We will get a, a link in the show notes for at least your Instagram and hopefully people can follow along with the journey or at least know and have a resource in you. We'll put your Instagram, your personal Instagram. I don't know. Are you private on your Instagram? Um, I've noticed some people I've had before. I'm like, we'll put their Instagram handle in and then they're private. And I'm like, oh, well. Yeah, I, I was, it was open because it was a, um, uh, what's it called? Like a professional one. And then I, I think I just switched to private. Um, it's all good. Everybody's but, got their own thing. Thanks. So yeah. how kind of in closing, how has this work shaped your relationship with Jesus? What has it 
taught you about the gospel? What has it shown you about God? Any of those types of things working in like closer to, I, I, I don't know what term is more proper working in with the government, working in politics, We're, but with, any of, with the government, I guess the I government. don't know. Um, with all the all the all the corruption and things that you've <laughs> that you've witnessed, what has it yeah. what has it taught you? What has it shown you about I God? Think, I think people forget just kind of that genuine nature of of who people are, and just kind of that gen um, connection that's so important. That working in government, people don't see the consequences that happen with their policy, and and. Oftentimes it's well-meaning, like they don't mean to screw up people's lives. Yeah, but they're <laughs> um, just human. But they're just human and they're not experts in every single subject that mm -hmm. comes about mm -hmm. or comes in front of them. And so it's only natural that they don't see what happens. And I think connecting with people on a personal level has just kind of broadened my perspective on how policy interacts um, with our daily lives and we just kind of chalk it up to, okay, well, this thing is changing or this thing's different. And now I have to do this extra form for my tabs or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> $30 tabs, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Need it. Bring it back. Um, anyway. <laughs> Maybe we'll put a link where you can sign and petition for if that. If you're from Seattle, you're just like, $30 tabs. I was promised $30 tabs. Seriously. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Back to what it's taught you. It's yeah. Like a, it's like a salt and a sore wound or whatever. But, totally. But yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is that um, connecting with people has been such an interesting part of my job because... I'm talking with elected officials that try to overanalyze and in intellectualize everything. But at the end of the day, they're dealing with people's lives and they don't understand of the policy that they're dealing with and just kind of the ho-hum of everything. And so um, it might not necessarily be a spiritual thing, but it's definitely like something that I'm learning and connecting with of people are so important. Mm -hmm. Every ind in Every individual has individual needs mm -hmm. you know we're all unique we all have our own supports and needs and things that we need and um it's important that that gets seen it's important that we speak up for those that might not have a voice and it's important to advocate yeah vulnerable populations right yeah it's important it's very important i think as a culture, we kind of forgot about that whole civic education piece of um, what does it mean to be engaged and what does it mean mm. to be involved? And I think just speaking up and saying something, you know, especially during all of the things that we've gone through with COVID and all this stuff is so important. Which is interesting because I would say that people have been speaking up for yes. things over the last couple of years. But I just wonder. But not in a healthy way, but not yeah, in a normal, yes. let's actually have conversations. And that's, I guess this is where I was trying to go yeah. is that we're not having conversations. We're just yelling at each other. Yes. There's no product. Nothing is productive nothing or fruitful. Is, exactly. Yes. And, and that actually bleeds out into government and politics. We're just yelling at each other. Mm. All of the bills that went through this 
session, this last session, have been completely partisan. There is hardly any partisan or bipartisan effort. So working with both political parties and everyone's like, let's work together. And it's like, how do you work together if, you know, it's like it takes two to work things out. And if Mm -hmm. one party Mm -hmm. is not willing to work with the other, then nothing's going to really get done. Everything's partisan. And so it just kind of breathes this animosity. And it's like, we, the sad thing about government right now and the policies that are happening are straight politics. It's straight games. All the bills that are going through, I'll say a lot. Um, This is a little bit hyperbolic, but it's basically a lot of the policies are happening just because they want to do it because the other side does not want them to do it. They're pushing policy through because they can can. and and they know that it will make people mad. Exactly. That's (laughs) terrible. This is why it's it's like people. Oh my gosh. We're about to have some, I'm about to have someone else on the the podcast in a couple weeks and she's got to come early in the morning because she's going to go volunteer for a candidate or do some volunteering. And I'm just like, we need to, people need to get out and do these types of things. It's so hard because how do you add all of that to like the already crazy busy schedule? You know what I mean? Like what it's, it's, it's so, it's so hard. It's It's exhausting. It really is. And it's, mm. and it's like people, I don't know if it's like, we have become so focused on just what our day-to-day lives are because we fill our day-to-day lives with so much stuff. But Mm. I don't know if it's like a priority change or what. Um, I'm trying to figure it out myself because I'm super busy and I'm trying to do all the things. And then yet I have all these other things that I want to do too. And it's like, how do I reorganize my life and reprioritize my life to make it well-meaning? That is just the ever, <laughs> that is that is the question it always. Is. I have had this conversation with multiple friends of like, yes. how do we do all the things coming into this season of life where you feel really quote unquote, like adulty, you know, like yeah. how, how do we do this? How do people do this? And I always bring it back to the fact that we have built in comparison view because of social media, which granted, I love social media. I'm using, I mean, this, this podcast is being used, utilized and spread because of social media. So it's very ironic. I recognize that I'm saying that, but 50 years ago, people just did, you just did your own life. You paid attention to your own life. There was not this built-in thing of like, all these people are doing all these things. It was like, oh, there's, you know, a campaign. Maybe the the politician running could use some volunteer because I have some extra time in my afternoon, not six hours on Instagram. You know, it's, it's just, we, we, we have stopped just doing our own lives because, and whether that's like being a parent, going to school, going to work, driving your kids to soccer practice, going to church, serving your church, yeah, serving your church should be a huge priority. Yes, policy and politics matter, but serving your local church, I'm going to say is more important than your politics. At this point, as long as we can continue <laughs> to freely worship, yeah. <laughs> but serving your local church, I mean, all of these things, we just stopped doing what we needed to do. And I am, I am such a, 
uh, offender of that as well. But it's just like, it's crazy, you know? I think the general theme is that we get away from connecting with each other. Like what I was, I guess what I was trying to say and what you're saying too, is that it's very important to connect with each other. And I think we get so kind of stuck in ourselves and stuck in our own world that really you're not that big of a deal. Like, I'm sorry, but like you matter, but there's so many other things that are going out right now. And if we just thought about the person next to us, Mm -hmm. I think our world would be so much better off if we just paid attention to the people that are next to us. If we tried to connect to the Mm -hmm. people that we see on a day-to-day basis, imagine how much it's like a very interesting pay it forward we say, I, we say this ironically of like, notice your neighbors, but yet here we are saying like, we met on Facebook and we have this huge community on Facebook. Yeah. But also that is also now translated to but, real life, which is what I think people should do. If you're going to meet and be in a community on Facebook, be a community in real life. You know what I mean? I don't think that that, again, I'm going to say that community does not replace a local church. That right. should not replace your friends, your family. Like it, it is not a, a substitution for those things. But I definitely agree. That is a part of why I wanted to kind of start this podcast is it's a platform to connect people and to hopefully have people listening who can connect with the, the, the conversations that we have, the guests that come on and that we can remember that although we are in a digital age, like never before, like the metaverse is straight, a straight play from the devil. Like people, I can, and there are churches that are like promoting the metaverse. And I'm just like, what are you doing to me? That is just crazy. It's a crazy way to separate people and just get comfortable, not actually engaging, having conversations in real life, all this type of stuff. Anyway, that is like a totally its own episode, but I, I agree with you. I think people matter. The people around us matter and we have to remember that because people matter, policies matter and politics matter to do the (laughs) reverse because our people matter. Like, and, and, and our children, you know, I mean, it is, it is crazy to think how much our children's lives are their education their health what is required of them I mean there's a reason that homeschooling skyrocketed last year yeah you know I mean there's already statistics I'm so excited about this there's already (laughs) statistics that say running start um so that's like a it's a program where you can get your AA while completing the last two years of high school right so you can graduate with your diploma and your AA you can take college credits yeah so that enrollment is down. Mm. Public school enrollment is down. Wow. There's actually talk about it now amongst school people or educators because they're like, where's their funding going to go? And so I'm actually really excited about wow. it because it's like, okay, they're actually paying attention to what the people are doing right now. Like yeah. this is evidence that people are fed up mm-hmm. and good for you people for choosing homeschooling. And I'm so excited that you feel empowered to do it. Because yeah. now it's educators in the education system are having to reevaluate. They're listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm so excited. There's statistics and there's, um, yeah, the news is talking about it. The media is talking about it right now. So local news, local newspapers and things are talking about it. So love it. Love to hear it. It's a start. <sighs> well, I, yeah, 
I mean, and it is ever going. And I think we could talk for so much more about all this because I'm so fascinated, but I hope that there, and this is, this is really the first like truly political conversation that I've had on the show. So I've been really grateful to that you agreed to come on. And since you're visiting the West side that we (laughs) were able to make time to be face to face and be, be person to person, like we're saying, and cause people matter. And so grateful for what God is doing in your life and how he's using you in government, even though it's a small part, but you get to help educate people and share what you are learning. And I, I'm so excited to see what God is going to do through your nonprofit. And I hope that he opens more doors for that. And I, hope to I would love to be a part of of that we've talked about it gosh was it last summer we were talking about it yeah um because you've been talking about doing it for a while and then I remember I think we were at your house and you're just like I'm gonna do it we're gonna start I'm gonna start a nonprofit. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And you just like did it and so I'm just so proud of you and grateful to have you here and thank you so much for being on the show it was so fun chatting with you and thank yeah. you for inviting me and um I look forward to how things go. More conversations later. Yep. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And um, hopefully we will get to have Beth on. If you have any questions about government policy making, let us know. Um, maybe it will give us more inspiration to have a conversation again soon. And we definitely need to get the other cute conservative girls on here to talk about we need a big group podcast (laughs) for sure (laughs) it would be so fun so all right thanks everyone we'll talk to you soon So now you know, politics is just like Parks and Rec, and there are multiple Ron Swansons out in the world, apparently. So go catch your dream and shackle it to your heart. (laughs) I hope you all have learned a little bit more about politics, how laws are made, and that you feel empowered to go out and vote. It really does matter. Raise a respectful ruckus where needed. And like I quoted Ali Stuckey before, politics matter because policies matter, because people matter. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. Don't forget to share and subscribe to the show on Apple and Spotify and leave a five-star rating for this episode. Thanks so much, friends. Until next time.